this podcast is for educational or entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not to be a substitute for seeking mental health therapy, mental health treatment if necessary. If you or your loved one is in need of mental health services, please call 911. Please contact your mobile crisis. For those outside of the U.S., please contact your emergency services or go to your nearest hospital. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents. Welcome to another episode of Season 5 of the Social Work Ranch Podcast. Hope all is well. Saludos a todos. Greetings, everybody, wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Social Work Ranch Podcast. That's all one word. Uh, like, hit the red subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, also follow the podcast on Twitter at Social Work Rants and on Facebook, aka Meta, at type in the Social Work Rants podcast, hit that like button. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, tapping in. Uh, saludos a todos, mucho, um, muchas gracias por todo su apoyo. Um, I just want a uh, quick shout out to everybody who's been uh, supporting and rocking with the podcast these last two years. Hit 100, hit 100 episodes that. So definitely rocking into the next 100 episodes. So uh, this podcast is brought to you by Bassity Entertainment, your home for online holistic self-care for social workers and mental health professionals using poetry and Zumba with the book, Trying Through Pain, uh, How to Maximize Your Full Potential During Hard Times is out on Amazon in both paperback and on Kindle, written by yours truly. Uh, for those who purchased, thank you. Uh, make sure you get a copy. It's definitely uh, talk about my, my trauma uh, during the uh, pandemic and still celebrating, embracing my reset in terms of uh, all the great things that uh, that's also happened uh, since the pandemic has started. And also uh, be on the lookout for the upcoming book that I'm a contributing author. Uh, Latinx and Social Work Volume 2 is coming out on October 5th. Uh, is a, a big uh, book launch uh, party in New York City. I, I've been, uh, if you follow the podcast on Instagram or my business page, Bad City Entertainment, I've been uh, posting about it. So make sure you get your tickets for that. Uh, definitely talk about uh, uh, addiction in the book. So uh, be a lot of people are going to be really shocked what, what I wrote. So and speaking of addiction, which leads to a perfect segue, uh, I can't believe it's been uh, oh, just over two years ago that I spoke to this uh, gentleman. Uh, actually, was just listening uh, to that episode, uh, uh, taking notes, preparing for this for the part two. Uh, Mr. Tim Ryan, uh, you was actually my my first interview <laughs> back <laughs> two years ago, which is crazy. Um, 
but definitely uh, uh it's been two years yes just over in that crazy years. pandemic it, it's yes. it's hard to wrap my mind around and thank you for having me on your show and thank you for writing another book if you're in new york get there october 5th is it yeah November october 5th october 5th that's awesome book yeah. launch new york yes new york a book launch I, i'll try to sneak in i'll try to sell my, my own book i'll have my books on me um so and if not, you can go to Amazon yes, and absolutely. look up Tim Ryan from Dope to Hope, A Man in Recovery, and purchase my book. <laughs> hey, we could talk about the book too. So, uh, <laughs> so let's. Uh, so basically, it was uh, our first episode was season one, episode five. Um, so you can go back and listen to it. So this is the uh, the part two. Uh, actually, you know, back then it was uh, June fifth, twenty twenty. We pandemic was a couple months into it, and we had uh, had a, a incredible conversation about uh, you know, people who are in addiction having difficulty uh, finding meetings, uh, not doing well with uh, meetings uh, on Zoom. So I wanted to get get a, uh, a taste of what exactly is going on with Mr. Ryan's work in in terms of his advocacy. Uh, in the addiction field uh, two years later into what exactly is going on. Um, I know fentanyl has been off the chain uh, and I just want to hear like what's going on regarding 12-step meetings. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, stuff when, 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 we, when we spoke two years ago, you know, hell, three weeks after that, my wife and I each got COVID and we had it for 10 weeks and it almost killed us. And then we're both long haulers, but you know, at that time, everything was shut down and the Zoom meeting started. And it's crazy. I do a Zoom meeting every morning, every day at 8 a.m. Because the guys that have come into my life, I've got a crew of guys in New York, Spain, um, London, L.A., Chicago, and we're thick as thieves. And 90% of these people I've never met. And they know more about me. So that went. And then we started having meetings at people's houses. And now everything's opened up again. And life is getting back back to somewhat normal. But when COVID hit, <clears throat> my wife and I speak nationwide. All that shut down. And trying to do speaking events over Zoom and schools. We're just starting to get back into speaking into schools now. We're still doing a, a number of interventions. We still run our podcast, the, the Tim and Jen Show, um, because addiction is so alive and well. And unfortunately, due to COVID, the mental health pandemic just blew through the roof. Um, obviously, fentanyl. People keep talking about it. You know, the past 12 years, heroin overdoses or opiate overdoses, and now it's damn near all fentanyl, keep going up. And, and they've been going up for the past 12 years. What we're doing is not working. It's as simple as that. Our system is completely broken. Right. Unless a family has cash or they've got really good insurance, it's very difficult to find proper, appropriate treatment with continued wraparound care. Talking to you as a social worker, a therapist, a psychiatrist, all these variables cost money, cost insurance, whatever, and people trying to navigate that. It's a, it's a shit show. Yes, it is. 
And it's just getting worse. It's getting the, the home. You know, we live here in Los Angeles, California, and the homelessness is just through the roof here. And and 90% of them have mental health and substance abuse issues. And why can't we take all this money that they're pissing away and, and build true inpatient res and detoxes and peer driven programs and jobs and communities? We wouldn't have these issues, but we have too many politicians making all the, the rules. Right, no, absolutely. It's, it's I'm I'm having a, a a deja vu moment not not because you know this is our second time having you on on, on the podcast and you're one of the few that's been on twice, um, but it's like we we have we basically had the same conversation. It seems like two years later, not nothing has changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing. More people are dead. That's what's changed, and you know I I see. <laughs> I see all these posts. We're we're giving away Narcan. We're getting communities trained in Narcan. We're giving away fentanyl test strips. Okay, big deal. What we're not explaining is Narcan saved my life a number of times from heroin overdoses. I overdose, ambulance, go to the hospital. Two to three hours later, I walk out the door to go get high again. If we really want to start eradicating this, Someone's brought to a hospital due to an overdose. They need to be put on a psychiatric hold immediately. Five to seven days would be awesome. That person would have died. They would be dead if Narcan wasn't administered. We're bringing them to a hospital and letting them walk out on their own accord two hours later, and you think they have clarity? They don't. And people say, well, we can't force people. You absolutely can. I was forced to go to prison and that's where I got sober. In a prison cell on November 1st, I will have 10 years clean and sober. And I got a sponsor in prison and did the steps and still do all that crazy stuff today. So yeah, it does work. That's why they have interventionists to come do interventions. That's why a lot of therapists or social workers, after working with a client, say, you know what, you need to go to treatment or, or they set up the intervention. So why aren't we taking people, putting them on a psych hold, in, in truly having the resources to give them the opportunity to go to a 90-day program and then to go to structured sober living for a year and get their life back, mind, body, and soul, and, and get a career and start working and learn how to, if we did that, people wouldn't be relapsing and dying. And it's, uh, but it takes work and it takes time. And unfortunately, I feel a lot of the resources, money, and monies are allocated in the wrong areas. And the money just gets pissed away, unfortunately. And there's only so many people like me and you out there that are in the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely the, the money gets thrown away. There's been millions and millions of dollars uh, from the COVID relief funds and all this other money that went. And it's like where the money's not really trickling down to places where, where the money's really needed the most. Right, exactly. And it, it never does. It it never it never does. Yes. You know, when I ran my nonprofit, we ran it for about seven years, and and we paid for people to get into sober living, or paid for them to go into a long term faith based or twelve step based program for like fifteen hundred bucks. But we did all the work ourselves. We didn't have any employees. It took up a ton of time raising money, giving away, booking bus. 
And people would be like, well, you need to do more. There's only so much I can do. I have a family and I have things I need to do too, but where do you draw the line? You know, it's tough because unfortunately you get real thick skin and a lot of people die and it's like, you just expect it's going to happen. No. Yeah. Of course, there's only so much you could do. I mean, I mean, you know, we see people on the, on the street, you know, you know, hungover or they're you know, high or whether you no know, aren't any sort of su- substance and you see just walking on the street and you almost become desensitized to, to the situation. I'm like, yeah, I'm a social worker. I'm not on the clock, but I'm just going to see it and, you know, this somebody's on the floor like or, or fall like i'm gonna be like okay like the human aspect gonna be like are, are you okay i'm gonna probably call 911 but at the same time like i'm i'm not gonna have like a, a narcan you know thing and try to you know revive a person or, or anything like that like that right let me explain what it's like out here in los angeles where i live one side of the street's LA, the other side of the street's Beverly Hills. And and you go a couple blocks, there's some beautiful, beautiful homes. And these, the house I'm in is like a 1918 historic home. In the back, you can walk through all the neighbor's properties. And about a month and a half ago, it's eight o'clock, a, a Sunday, and my wife and I are watching TV, and we hear something shatter, big glass break. So I jump up, run to my door. And as soon as I'm going to open it, I can hear something get thrown at my front, my back door. And I open the door and there's a homeless lady there who had just thrown a shovel out of my flower pot at my front door who had just broke the neighbor's table. So I ran after her. She confronted me. And my first thought is, what am I going to do? Hit this mental health lady who's in psychosis? And I let her yell at me in this. And she ended up going away and kind of got chased away by a few neighbors. She did over $10,000 worth of damage in 24 hours to 30 of our homes here. And the police, the neighbors called the police and they show up and they said, what do you want us to do? Go talk to her. And I said, what do you mean? There's, and they said, well, you know, she has no resident. She lives in a tent over there. Uh, We can charge her, go to jail, and she'll be out the next day. And I'm like, aren't there any services, you know, and and they have the pet teams and stuff, but it's nobody wants to help these people. And when we have people like that lost in addiction, left to fend for themselves, you're going to have situations like this. But this lady was also, turns out, charged with throwing things at women walking down the road and assaulting people. And and now they've got her incarcerated. But when you have 70,000 people on the street, and a majority of them are like this, it's scary times, you know, and, and we're not helping our citizens here. And the the amount of veterans that are on the streets here, it's horrific. And we can keep talking about it and talking about it, but son of a gun, we need to change some things to get the real solutions in. Nobody should in this country we live in have to n- ask for help and, and can't get it what this is the united states of america right. and you're told to call and, and it's a six to 12 week wait to get a bed and you need to call every friday at noon hell i'm just trying to get through the next three hours right so yeah our system's broken unfortunately people want to punch holes in everything they don't want to do the work 
to find a solution here. And then let's add this one and then this one and bring a community together. Because I see jails that are flourishing because they have recovery pods and drug pods and drug court. And I, I see the programs that flourish in the schools. Um, and then we see the ones that don't. Because I speak in high schools all over the country with my wife, Jennifer. And uh, a lot of the schools don't have a, a, a social worker, don't even have a school counselor, don't have a school nurse. Who are these kids to talk to? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's scary. That's real scary for, uh, for someone who uh, spent the last, last year and a half working in a school. And it's like myself and one other person and two other people wasn't enough. So I can only imagine not having anybody at all so that that's real real yeah scary, especially times that you know we live in and, and with, with social media and bullying and you know the drug drugs and alcohol just you know just getting worse and you no know, you know, we talked about the you know the rappers and, and other musicians uh glorifying uh all this stuff and and that stuff is continuing to, to get worse too so it's it's crazy, crazy times that we live in right now. Well, you know, it's, it, I live here in L.A. And in the past, you know, a, a rapper was shot and killed yesterday at a chicken and waffle restaurant. Yeah, he I was there with his girlfriend, but he was posting pictures, flashing money and jewelry, and they robbed him. And a, another one they just hit in the Hollywood Hills last week and shot him. And he said, I was posting pictures of money and jewelry. People are desperate today, a lot more desperate due to COVID. And uh, a lot of people don't care. You know, it's jewelry. It's this. Let them take it. But uh, that our country's got to this place. And unfortunately, I don't see it getting any better. And, and we have a seven-year-old daughter. And I'm really scared what the the country's going to look like in 20 years. You know, when Abby's 27 or 25. It's... yeah. It's really, and you got to be diligent and, uh, you know, fentanyl's in everything. It's yeah. in everything. And, and kids that aren't drug addicts are dying. Kids that are trying something for the very first time are dying. And these people aren't choosing to die. They are being poisoned. You know, this is truly poisoning. It's not overdosing. It's poisoning. Um, yeah, I, I got a, a 13 year old son and, and a 10 year old daughter and, you know, they're finally old enough to really have you know, the conversations of, of, of drugs and alcohol and, and explaining, you know, no fentanyl and, you know, they're into like the the videos on, on YouTube and you know, try to watch. I try to limit the news as much as possible, but, you know, they know what's going on in, in the world and having these they, real these conversations. The, they got this thing called a cell yes. phone. <laughs> they got the world at their fingertips, right? Yeah. Right here in front of them. It is right there. And, uh, it's crazy what they can find out there. And these kids are smart today. I mean, they're they're learning about things that we didn't learn until we were 10 or 12. They're learning at four or five because it's on YouTube. Right. You know, it's uh hey, we first parents learned it in school and, and now now they're just learning like four well, five years it, old. And at least I, I didn't learn a lot of the like the drug stuff until like like I was around there their age or talking to my friends and, and then like the school teacher like the, the, the basics which is right yeah but I, I think a lot of parents still want to be friends with their kids versus parents and you know 
you got to be parents. You know, when your kid's 18 and they're either going to college or you're packing their their stuff and helping them move out or they're joining the service, um, then they can go be your friend. But otherwise, your kids aren't your friends. Parents need to be parents. You know, it's not cool to have your your high school kids' friends over and letting them smoke weed and drink in the house. Can't do things like that. Right. If your kids are coming home and seeing the mom and dad, you know, as soon as they get home from work, having to have a couple cocktails, that instills in those kids, oh, when, when I'm successful, I get to come home from work and drink vodka like daddy does, you know? Kids mirror what their parents and what they see in their environments, you know? No, no, absolutely. absolutely. We need a lot more positivity out there. We need more real talk. No, yeah, no, I try to be you know, on, honest with them. No, try to be age appropriate, which I always find like a fine line of trying to trying to do and basically when I the, the book that's coming out October 5th like uh, you know is is our it's part of our story so it's like try to like ask questions they asking questions I'm trying to like be age appropriate to like what to say how to say it and it's like I like struggle kind of like struggle with that but I want to be honest and have a, a real conversation with them no age appropriate wise and you no know, but these conversations have to be had and just you know working you know, you know I, when we first spoke in the Bronx and now I'm working in Delaware and so like I still see not as much I still see the same kind of struggles and I even struggle more now in trying to find resources in terms of just any sort of resources here here in Delaware and it's just, tough. It's tough. And there's there's barely any resources. And in terms of recovery, but it's on our topic today, like you basically have to go to PA or, or, or Maryland to, to find a, a good treatment program. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I know my buddy Brandon Novak opened a couple sober homes right in Delaware across the border because they're trying to bring some more recovery communities out there because there's not anything. And, and families... Communities need to understand when, especially when we go into rural communities and speak, and we'll be talking to the parents at night and the community leaders. And I'm trying to explain why they need sober living in town. And they're like, well, we don't want those people here. Hold on. You'd rather have a child molester living next door to you than six or eight adults that are turning their lives around, that are working, paying rent, productive members of society. You don't want that. But once you educate them, they start bringing it in, you know, because those are the kids volunteering on the weekend, cleaning the roads, helping with the the veterans party or or whatever, you know, the variable is. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. That, I, no, in New York, before I moved, there's a, a lot of like pushback in terms of uh, the the former mayor like trying to use like hotel rooms and, and for the homeless people and, and he got a lot of pushback uh, uh, about that, and it was like, well, you, at least he's trying to come up with with a solution, like, and trying to did he do maybe didn't do a great job, like explaining why people need need to go there. But if you rather have somebody be be homeless, be on the street, or or have somewhere place to live, that way they could focus on uh, what what else they, they need to focus on and if you right. have a place, place to live then they can focus on maybe try to find a job somewhere i could shower and actually try to go look for feel a like a human being yeah yeah exactly. it's hard to get a job you know because there's a lot of homeless people out here that are really really good people that aren't in addiction 
And I was talking with one of the guys and he said, you know, it's hard for me to get a job when, you know, I haven't showered in, in two weeks and, you know, I'm, I'm work, I'm educated, I'm this, but nobody's going to hire me. But unfortunately, what happens is like in Los Angeles, they're wanting to take some of these abandoned or unoccupied hotels and just fit, put all the homeless people in there. But we're trying to explain is you need to have services in there. You need peer recovery support specialists because if not, you're going to take all, and, and you need to have rules that there's no drinking or drug use if you live here. There can't be um, because you put these people in hotel rooms by themselves. They use by themselves. They die by themselves. Right. That's what happened during the pandemic here when they, you know, started putting people in hotels. The overdoses blew through the roof, blew through the roof. So I wish more people that were making the decisions on the political front had people like me or you involved in guiding and directing because we just can't have politicians making decisions recovery related, you know, or having a medical expert chime in. No, let's get people that are really in the trenches here that know what's going on and we can tell you what's up and up. So, but it's, it's turning in some places. So it's, it's just a battle, but we keep battling. That's all we can do. You know, we keep giving a message of hope. You know, I tell people, if, if you got a heartbeat, you got hope, you know, the hardest thing to do is this, put your hand up and say, I need help. Whether you're thinking of self-harming or suicidal thoughts or mental health, anxiety, panic, bipolar, schizophrenia, addiction, doesn't matter, alcoholism, ask for help. Oh, eating, gambling, sex, yeah. you're not alone. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I know we focus you know, so much on, on on the drugs and alcohol, but like you mentioned, like the sex addiction, the, the gambling, the gambling addiction is no joke. I had a client who, I, I just the first of the month, in casino, and it was like without fail every month. It was like and a couple of days later, ends up uh, just uh, having a psych breakdown. Boom, in the hospital, and it's like comes out next month. Boom, same back in the hospital. Same thing, and. And this thing too, the gaming, you know, the the digital, the the kids that are addicted, the parents that are addicted to technology, how I can get addicted to it. Mm. You know, I, I went to my wife and I were in the Florida Keys, I think last year, and uh, I had to take Facebook and Instagram off my phone and Twitter so I can, you know, have some actual downtime because if it's there, I'll still look at it. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, I, I, I admit I, I'm in the same, same boat. I was in Jamaica for a few days and still like, I wasn't really posting much, but definitely kind of like scroll a little bit until like the kids would wake up for breakfast and I kind of like scroll along. Like it's really hard nowadays to kind of be like completely like turn off, especially when you're trying to run a business you know, from the ground up and, and things are like starting to happen a little bit. And so it's, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm afraid for like the kids too. I definitely see like my, my kids, if it is not, electronics is like they don't know what to do with themselves like like go out, go out, well, you go know, outside it, like i'm telling you it's it's getting them outside and you know when i have uh our, our daughter mackenzie when she spends half the time with us and i mean we're at the park every day we're outside we're doing whatever and some of these kids are just raised on a cell phone you know I'll go into the inner city of Chicago and some of these kids have never left a 10 block radius. They never went to Lake Michigan. They never saw the Sears Tower, Navy Pier. It's like kids here in, in East LA, they've never been to the Santa Monica Pier. What? Never went to Huntington Beach. It's 
you know, out in New York, never been out to Rockaway beach, you know, it's, uh, and that's what happened. Don't even live the borough. Like, forget, like, or <laughs> go to the other side of the borough. Like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is. Um, yeah, I don't either. I see people, it, people like, oh, I wish we could get everyone to come together. It'll never happen because of people's egos and their pride and their agendas and, and whatever. And all I can do is stay, stay in my lane, try to be the best version of me. Um, always be there to offer guidance and, and hope and, and offer a lending hand. And uh, if I can't help them, I usually can pick up the phone and find someone in that part of the country that can. And and that's all we can do. You know, we got to pick and choose our battles and whatever lane you want to go and be the best at it. You know, whether you're speaking or you're doing interventions or you're a social worker or a therapist or uh, advanced nurse practitioner, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think... Um... Well, since we last spoke, there have been more and more states uh, legalizing marijuana. You seem like that has made a, a positive difference at all? You like The disaster. I mean, I can't tell you. Across the street from my house, they just shut down another operation that opened up. There's, You can go buy pot on every damn corner, but what, what, what they thought was going to do was uh, bring in a bunch of money, which it hasn't brought in a bunch of money, and the illegal business has blown through the roof so i can go buy an ounce of weed here for four hundred dollars um or i can call bob who's going to bring it to my house uh for 150 bucks you know so the black market is blown through the roof right now you know it's a it's it's been a detriment and and now the, there's more car accidents and you know people being impaired and yeah it's it's not and i'm not talking adults you know adults do what you want but uh yeah it's i don't think it's a benefit at all it's a disaster wow and people don't really like look at it like that is like they give like the like the highlights so, oh like well every, every week money in and, and no every, every week one of this one of these places is getting robbed getting shot up people are getting killed you just bring the riffraff in, you know, not everyone's riffraff. There's some really great people out there, but it's brought in an illegal market that's just blown through the roof. And the, the tax dollars that were supposed to be made and given away, I don't see them. But if you're going to do it, legalize everything and be done with it. Legalize it all, but have pure heroin here. So there's no fentanyl. Tax it and, and hope for the best. But I don't know what the answer is, but... Uh, my answer on the recovery side is we need more long-term solutions. Simple as that. Well, I'm asked this question. What, what do you think that this all this fentanyl is coming from? Or how does it get like? If I want, like for example, I wanted to smoke, you know, smoke some marijuana, and like, now I know I want to take a, take a chance. Probably they might have. Like fentanyl on it, depending on, on where I get it from, like what, like where is it like coming from? Is is it like coming it's from everywhere? It's I know all, it's everywhere, but like, it's all like, coming China through Mexico, you know, and it's 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 friggin' potent and it's deadly, and they're making pills. And people don't understand that the bus now aren't two or five kilos; it's ten or twenty tons, tons. It's not a thousand pills; it's fifty million pills. These are record numbers. It's not going away. It's just getting worse. It's getting saturated and it's destroying 
generations. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of intent behind that. You know, unfortunately, this country uses a lot of illegal substances to self-medicate, you know, and it's it's just causing more internal turmoil, turmoil job loss and, uh, you know, hurting our economy and, and losing, destroying families. Oh, yeah. It's, it's families, communities, like, like neighborhoods, like, um, I don't think... Uh... A lot of communities even re still haven't yet to recover from the the, the crack epidemic from the no epidemic. i know and it's just it's it's not getting any better so i don't know we can just keep pushed forward and doing what we do in our lanes and go from there that's about it yeah yeah pretty much that that's all what we could we could really do from from our for from our end and i'll, I'll keep fighting the, the good fight and you know, I, I've you know reached out to like you know, local politicians to come on and have a have a discussion. Or anybody in terms of politicians, like don't don't use my podcast to to seek re-election, but I want to have a like legit conversation sure. as, to, as to what ideas you have because this, this problem is not going away. You 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 said the last time, and even. Um, uh, and quote, we we we're in a, a pandemic within the pandemic, and that that always struck struck me like two years later. That still yeah. struck, struck struck me, and like, you know, we've had like celebrities, you know, passing away. You think that would make a difference, and things are just like getting worse, and 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 it's not getting any better any anytime soon. Or, uh, as much as I love like shows like Narcos and stuff like that, I think that kind of glorifies the things as well. I can it kind of like. Even though there's some fiction into it, but it definitely kind of makes sense as to a little bit as to why uh, America plays a big problem in terms of uh, the addiction that we're currently in right now. Well, uh, the U.S. government was very instrumental in, in the cocaine movement and bringing all the cocaine into the United States via the CIA. So it, it's a fact. I mean, they did it. Boston George Young, who was a dear friend of mine and my wife's, who the movie Blow is based on that my wife was in. Uh, George said he worked for the CIA. He worked for George Bush, you know, and they would smuggle the cocaine and put it on oil rigs in Venezuela and the U.S. Coast Guard to pick it up. You know, they were all in it, cahoots. They still are. So who knows? All I know is I got to stay in my lane yeah. and keep my recovery first and foremost. And I'm not going to change this system. I'm going to make a little dent in it. And if you make a little dent, we all make little dents. We keep making more progress. That's all we can do. Um, tell me, you mentioned earlier about your book. Uh, tell me about it. That's just my my life journey of trials and tribulations as a very successful business entrepreneur at a very young age and uh, struggled with addiction, ultimately heroin addiction and a couple journeys to prison and prison to walking out to turning my life around. And then my son passing away on my 21 month sobriety date and so on. But it's uh, it's on Amazon. It's called From Dope to Hope by Tim Ryan, A Man in Recovery. And it's it's a powerful read and it's it's open inspiration. I wrote it about five years ago and, uh, you know, people still enjoy it. So that's about it. Now, my wife and I speak all over the country. Uh, if you want to check us out, it's dope to hope dot com. Bam. Bing, boom, that rocked. Love it. We got to do awesome. this again soon. 
Now, yeah, absolutely. Now, now, have a, uh, just out of curiosity, like uh, I always like to throw a little controversy into it, but have any like uh, uh, master's level uh, social work programs reached out? Because you guys would be great in terms of like talk about you know, the addiction and maybe get some social work, more social workers to work in the field of, of addiction. There's an, uh, when I was in Chicago, I spoke to a number of the colleges, Loyola, DePaul, DePaul University of Chicago, and we'd go speak to their, so their ology classes. And I'd really lay out what it looks like, what their career is going to be, what they need to really expect. So people's expectations are truly understood because people want to go help and do all this. And this is great, but you're going to walk into a lot of people's shit shows and in, in, in trauma and live in that for a long time. And you need to have these tools and this balance. And it, it's really powerful. But the cool thing is watching these young men and women two, three, four, five years later and seeing where they're at and what they're doing and the careers blossoming. But yeah, you got to keep paying it back. If you don't pay it back, it'll never be paid forward. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, absolutely. You know, that's part of what I, I use the podcast for now is to pay it back, pay it forward, and, and have you know, people like yourself and other uh, you know, social workers and mental health professionals come on the podcast and kind of talk and, and, and kick it, have a, you know, have a conversation based on the work that, that we do in, in the field. Um, where, where can people find you? Easiest way is at our website, dope, D-O-P-E-T-O-H-O-P-E.com. Dope to hope.com. You can catch me on Twitter at a man in recovery or Tim Ryan, dope to hope on Instagram. And my wife is Jennifer Jimenez, G-I-M-E-N-E-Z on all platforms. Check us out, follow us, hit us up. We'll come out and speak and share. Thank you so much for your time, my brother. I love you. Thank you. Love you too, brother. Take care. We'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.